there is incredible grace, incredible grace in not asking why. Welcome, everybody, to Every Knee Shall Bow. This is Mike Gomer Gormley. Every Knee Shall Bow is your weekly Catholic podcast on evangelization. Words are hard. How y'all doing? Dave, how are you? I'm good. You did. Oh, my goodness. What? Do you realize what you just did? I did not give you a middle name. A, nick, a nickname. What if I said, Dave, how are you, Van Vickle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you, I guess do you so. know where I, I got so. the whole nickname thing from? No. In in household, in AMDG, which you are uh, begrudgingly affiliated with, um, no, that's not true. I regret not joining household. Fair enough. I deeply regret it. No, I, I, I. Do you know why I deeply regret it? Why? Because you make me feel bad every time I'm with your household. <laughs> because you and John Rizaldi and Adam Fozzi and your friends and and Luke, the other blogger, the other podcaster. Yes. Just it just exclude everyone, right? Including me, right? So it's so beautiful, yeah. isn't it? It's so yeah. beautiful. You know, I, I have 40 best friends. What do I need 41 for? <laughs> I used to tell people that at Franciscan. <laughs> They'd be like, Andy G, you're such a click. And I go, here's the deal. Our brotherhood, uh, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of households, man, that have a lot of brothers, but they're not friends with everyone. In AMGG, we're friends with everyone as well as brothers. So <laughs> if I have 40 friends, what do I need 41 for? <laughs> this makes me not this makes me not want to join them again. Uh, all over. All over again. No, I get it. Listen, I get it. My wife's in the other room. She's like, I hate your household. So <laughs> it's dramatic. It's dramatic. And I'm like, just go back to watching the crown. Right. And she is. And she is. No, so I, oh, what have you been up to, Dave? What have you been up to? So um I'm not far from you right now. I'm in Dallas. Um just a stone's throw. Trying to or trying to hopefully get some uh, very specialized radiation treatment for Amber. So after, I think the last time I updated everybody on Amber was really good news, right? right. Um, it was after our, her last PET scan and things were really progressing well. Um, almost immediately after that PET scan, she started to get some old pain back mm. and started getting sick again. And um, it was pretty clear right away that she had developed like... Um, well, the key, the cancer had developed like um, chemo resistance, which is a thing that happens. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, but like Amber caught, we caught this way late. Like she was misdiagnosed for like two years before oh. they realized it was cancer. So this is, so it, it's not that big of a surprise that it mutated. Yeah. Um, but they think that um, there's a possibility that and it's not a good situation. It's really not a good situation, but um, there is a possibility that, just the original tumor has mutated because they made so much progress in the other tumors uh, with that treatment that she's on, that experimental treatment. Um, in fact, one of the like reports on that PET scan was, you know, um, for the tumors in her lungs um, said we wouldn't even have known they were there if we hadn't seen them before. So like, so they really decimated those tumors, but the original tumor, um, there just wasn't much progress and it's pretty clear now that like she, it's it's growing so mm -hmm. the thought would be that this specialized radiation ther um therapy it's called proton beam therapy and it literally is like something from star trek uh, it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy phasers um, like on the, kill yeah right like the uh the doctor's office like you look and they have oncologists there but then they also have like um physicists 
like there's physicists on staff at this place. So it's crazy. What is it called um, again? It's called proton beam therapy. And it's basically the same thing as radiation, but it's like a depth charge. Mm. So whereas radiation like kills everything yeah. and it can be really damaging to your body, this only affects things at a certain depth. So they use a computer to measure exactly where the tumor is and it will go it, it will go down and then like basically turn on when it gets to the tumor. So wow. it's kind of a crazy Yeah, it's kind of a crazy deal and um so that's our hope and prayer, right? That um that the mutated cells are still contained within that that tumor and that's what the doctors um they think it's a possibility um because of where the tumor is basically the, the uh, surgery is not really an option. So um so this is our next best hope. And it's not a great chance, but we know, you know, God's in control. So we are, we're just trying to stay faithful and remain, um, you keep our heads on straight and everything, you know? Yeah. Survival. That's the, that's the mode I'm in right now. Yeah. Survival. Where, so. where are you physically right now? Dallas, Texas. I mean like where? Well, like, Irving. Are you? Oh, in my, are you, I'm in my parents' house. Okay. The house where I grew up. Actually, you can see. Well, the obviously the listeners can't see, but you can see behind me. See this picture yeah. right here. It's a it's a Norman Rockwall. Okay. Of Ruby Bridges, she was the girl who desegregated the schools. Mm -hmm. you, you know the story. Yeah, she know? was the first one. Was she like nine right. at the time? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But um, that pic this picture had a, a big impact on me growing up. Yeah. Like seeing having it in my house all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I remember just like staring at it all the time. So, And that's one of those things where, I mean, it's a it's a stunning picture, right? So is it the police behind her or is it more men? Marshals. Yeah. yeah. Marshals. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Federal marshals, yeah. right? But the yeah. idea of like, this is, it's an instance, like number one, it's a stunning picture how it's done. Right. Right. But, or painting. But the idea, that's like beauty. Like you were, you literally, like there wasn't a uh, essay next to it that described right. civil and rights and it. all that. Right. Yeah. And. And that's what that's what I love about the idea of lead with beauty. Um, yeah. Beauty beauty doesn't work for everyone all the time, but there is something that just draws you in when when the elements are arranged correctly. And I'm staring. I've been staring literally at the thing the whole time. Yeah, you've been right. talking. I'm like, uh. Meanwhile, yeah. you're looking. at What do I got? I got some books. I got a fox picture. You have a fox back there. Heck yeah, I yeah. do. And a calendar on the door. <laughs> you're celebrating. You're not leading with beauty. No, no, I got a fox. That's a foxy lady right there. Yeah, right. What um so, yeah, what what so did think, what did they originally misdiagnose her as like back in the Dizay? You said for two just years. whatever digestive issue is out there in America. Uh, um like like leaky gut and stuff like that or other things. Yeah, 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 actually, yeah. Weird stuff like that. You yeah. know. And um so you know, and it was because of her age. I mean, it's just, you know, they did not expect colon cancer, you know, and, and but they actually did say like, you know, strangely that's like for young women that's it's like it's like really a lot more than like it, it's ramping up like they're seeing it more and more and more so really yeah which and you remember amber i mean she's like the healthiest yeah, i was gonna say of all people right. for this right. to affect she's a foodie she's or not a foodie a um uh a granola she's like health nut yeah she's a total granola, like her right? parents never even had a microwave right I don't think so. Right. They still don't. Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying, to, you're like, her parents are so granola. They've never had yeah. a microwave. And I was like, I used to microwave my scrambled eggs. Like, right. to make the scrambled eggs. Right. <laughs> right. So gross. Yeah. So they, <laughs> um, so yes. Yeah, so, and, you know, I mean, she was like, I, like when we were married, she, I mean, 
she would go like raw foods and all that kind of, I mean, it was, you know, so she was super healthy. So no one ever expected this, yeah. you know, like, um, and I, so I don't, it's not like I begrudge the doctors or anything. They, nobody was expecting that, yeah. but, um, it just, it was so far advanced, um, mutation wise by the time they actually caught it, that it, they, they, they all, they all knew this was going to be a tough fight. Yeah. So, so right now you have five kids and they're all back in Pittsburgh. Uh, Yes. Are they at yes. are they at your folks' house? Where are they? Or your in-laws? Yeah, with my in laws, yeah. Yeah. What, so, why are you smirking? Why are you smirking, <laughs> man? <laughs> I, I just well, I mean, it's just weird. You know, yeah. it's weird to um so so on Saturday, sadly, I will have to I'll go back up to Pittsburgh to start school with the kids. Okay. Um which I know this is terrible and everyone's gonna boo me when they hear this, but I'm like praying that the governor like makes us go from home for a month or so so that they can come down to Dallas because, um, you know, I, this treatment's going to be like, it's going to be 33 to 40 days for Amber. So, so I hate to leave her here and she hates to be away obviously. And it's just been so hard because she's been in bed for so much of it. She's just been so sick and in so much pain. So now to leave, it's, you know, hard, but, um, so on Saturday I'll go back up, get school started and uh, my parents will take care of Amber. Thankfully, Believe it or not, this proton therapy place is like ten minutes from the house where I grew up in. So wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so that helps. Yeah, right. Yeah, and how yeah. are your parents doing with this? Uh, they're a wreck. Yeah. Um, oh really? Yeah. But yeah, like Am- Am- like so, Amber's like super close with my parents. Super, super close. Like, um, like to the point where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm still here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey so it's, guys, yeah, so, remember I'm right. your son. Right. Fruit yeah, of the womb. Right. <laughs> right so yeah so that's hard okay. but um but they'll you know i think they're happy to have us here and everything and you know my my mom very much sees amber like a daughter so she'll she'll take care of her and yeah everything. now how do how do her parents i mean you you got five kiddos right yeah. you said school starting in a week yeah yikes what is that what dude, does that look like dude for- i don't know what i'm gonna do oh my gosh there so they go so pittsburgh you know well you already know i'm i'm super picky about catholic education yeah um, so the, basically the only school we, uh, we would ever go to in Pittsburgh, um, well, actually there's two now, but one in particular is just very academically rigorous, like extreme, like my son Judah will be in third grade and he'll probably have three to four hours of homework every night. Yikes. Yeah. So it's rough because I hate that. Like I don't, yeah, I'm I not, I don't like that. And and to be honest with you, I don't really care about academics. Like, I I just I don't really see any correlation between academic uh, performance and happiness in life. Yeah. Um. So I so it's hard for me to take it seriously, but I'm gonna have to really take it seriously <laughs> because for a month it'll just be me helping Judah. Uh. And I I I honestly don't know if I can do third grade math. And at their school, of course, it's like fifth grade math because that they're like way ahead. What is the know? foil method? What is foil? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Am- Do you know what? Gover, this is the funniest <laughs> thing. We were laughing so hard. So the other day I was like teaching you how to do math, you know, and uh, and Amber was like, what are you doing? Like, that is not how you do it. And I was like, well, I got the right answer, you know, and she's like, how do you do it? So I was like doing it. And all of a sudden one day on Facebook, I saw a meme about common core math. Yeah. 
And I realized my whole life I've been doing common core math. So, th- so everybody makes fun of it all the time. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing, you know, this whole time. So, so, th- so this is a tough time. I mean, this is really, you know, she's been fighting f- so hard for almost a year now. And so it's like to have to do one more thing and yeah. to fight longer, yeah. you know, it's just, it's hard. You know, she's, she's struggling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I uh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. You know, me and you have released single episodes the last few every Michelle Bow episodes, and we don't want to. Neither of us plan on it, but um, no, trying to jumpstart a curriculum. I mean, I, I I literally my jaw fell on the floor today. We have been destroying ourselves at work, trying desperately to build up our like what does youth ministry look like in a right. time of quarantine. And one of the youth ministers is quarantined, uh, has quarantined oh. herself, not because she has COVID or anything like that, but she she lives uh, with people who, uh, one of whom I believe is is more at risk of of some of the dangers, um, and she's just super nervous, right? She's super nervous about all the stuff, so she has chosen to work remotely, but that means that she hasn't met teens. Right. You know, that's rough. I know it's hard. It's hard. And then and as an employer, I'm not going to force anyone to like, of course, you will do this. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't even know what this looks like. And it's so much easier for me to brainstorm and whiteboard when I'm with people. And so, um, okay. you know, like we've been doing these huge Zoom chats and all of us. And I, I've, I've learned to wield Zoom like, a, a, you know, a sword, a katana. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. The, You're uh, Zoom Ninja. I'm a Zoom Ninja. The Blade. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's so frustrating. So I taught an entire RCIA class, an entire RCIA class this summer from June till uh, August. It's for people who are already baptized, supposedly, unlike what I found out today. Already baptized. Right. Yeah, we had a guy right. who was baptized in the name of we instead of I. Have you heard about yeah. that controversy? Controversy. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. So, but at, at, so I have looked at YouTube videos of these mass super Sunday baptisms, uh, one that they do in their big prayer fountain. And, yeah. uh, the pastor for the past, like all the ones that we have video for, he says we every time 2009, oh 2013, gosh. 2016. And he has like a little formula that he says where he kind of quotes Romans, uh, six when he leans into it. And so I'm like, oh man. He's saying we every time, and this guy participated in group baptism, so I bet you it was a we. Like ever, all the signs are pointing to we. So, but the funny thing is, we just brought him into the church two weeks ago, so his baptism isn't real. So that means the confirmation's not real. Right, the Eucharist right. and uh, uh, his confession. He went to confession, and so it's like boom. wow. So wow. Anywho, so that's that's crazy. But I did uh, ten weeks of an inclusion class. That's what we call them, inclusion. I plow through the curriculum. We're doing all this apologetics, right? Pretty heavy apologetics. And I have to mute everyone, right? When you're on Zoom. And then you unmute people. Does anyone have any questions? Does anyone have any questions? Does any does anyone even care? Does anyone love me? Someone show me that you love me. You know, half the people gotta kill their video because their internet signal's terrible. I'm happy oh, I did it during the so summer. You don't even yeah. Right. I'm happy I did it during the summer because when you do it um right now. The school systems here in Texas, I mean, they went back on August 12th for streaming and then September or whatever they'll do in person. But man, the internet around here is terrible. 
Oh no! Because everyone's online. This is crazy. This is so crazy. Yeah. I I hate it so much. Yeah. So trying to teach and do all this stuff. So my life has been super stressed. And then today the cardinal releases a document. Well, if you want to do in person faith formation, you can as long as you. And we're like, August August twenty fourth. Now you tell me. So it's just funny. I mean, we can't change our plans now. We haven't recruited catechists. We haven't done any of that stuff. But right, <laughs> right now we're looking at it. We're like. Say what? What what was yeah. that? You literally yeah. wait till August 24th. But I'm sure he has his reasons, but you didn't explain them. Well, yeah, I mean it does seem like it seems like in the last 2 weeks a lot has changed around the country. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean I I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen with school and yeah. you saw like Chapel Hill like they, you know, within 2 weeks they had a bunch of cases spike and And so did Notre Dame, and, right? Okay, I didn't see. Yeah, see, I'm see. I uh, you're very selective about your news sources. <laughs> no, I took uh, well, my only news source is Facebook, which is a terrible news oh, source, God. and I took it off my phone. So, so I have nothing. Dude, I am. Now. Did I tell you that I'm 100 social media free? Did I tell you that? Yeah, but the, on, what does that mean on my phone? I have no access. Oh, okay, okay, on my phone. So I did that too. So I did that too. And I despise Facebook, so I deleted Twitter. I had several Twitter accounts. I deleted them all. Why did you have several? That's uh, funny. So AMD Gomer was my original. Like, hey, I'm Mike Gormley. Let's talk about anti-war stuff. And then I had lay. And then Luke <laughs> is like, you need to start lay evangelist because people who want to follow your gospel stuff don't want to listen to you go on and on about you know other things like Apple News and you know Tim Cook's <laughs> quarterly report. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I'll make a separate thing over here. So I made a separate thing. Well, then, because EKSB and Catching Foxes, I just picked one. And so I picked Lay Evangelist, and that became, like, my thing. So every so often, I'd hop on AMD Gomer, but most of the time, I wouldn't. And uh, so it's been, like, a full year (laughs) since I went on that one. So I click over, and there's, like, hundreds of unread messages and all this stuff. And I was like, wow. Oh, I, I don't like Twitter on my phone, so I've never I never had that on. Oh, I've had different things on there, but but I just found that I was so um, it's it's easy to get sidetracked by things that don't matter, right? It's easy to get sidetracked by things that don't matter, and I'm gonna tell you, at the beginning of coronavirus, my life was awesome. My relationship with Shannon was amazing. All my gigs canceled, and I realized I overbooked myself. Yeah, I got I got greedy with Lent. Who does that, right? Only gross sinners like me, right? Oh, I do. Yeah, and I, I right, but that's when everyone's like, "Please do a parish mission. Please do a parish mission." Right. So I did these. You know, I, I all my parish missions except for one got canceled, and it, me and my wife we drink coffee, we'd enjoy the sunrise, we drink oh, I love it, it, we prayed, it. we yeah. prayed morning prayer together. I've never yeah. done that with my wife, and yeah. I miss March. But because I'm on leadership team starting in April, April, literally April 1st, I was back in the office full time. No one else was who wasn't on leadership team. But we were, and the thing that, you know, looking back, like I feel every parish employee must feel this way. Every, every school employee, every people that have to plan for a year in advance. Right. We were making plans. We were having three hour meetings every single day. Oh, and all of those plans were burned. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they, 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 you know, some week aspects of one we'd keep, aspects of another they'd disappear. And right. it was all to meet the sacramental needs of our people and to have people today. This is the thing. This is where, like, I realize I'm empty, right? You, okay. you are going through profound suffering. You have a lot of things that you're juggling. Mine, okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not diminishing my pain, <laughs> but compared to yours, my thing is nothing. But this is the weirdness. And I, I wanted to touch on this with you. 
This is our rambling episode. Um, yeah. I found out that there were parishioners, because they don't like the masks, right? And our diocese has mandated masks. If you want to come to mass, you have to wear a mask. Okay. So there are parishioners who don't like that, and, and I don't like it either, but, you know, whatever. I'm in public. I'll put the dang thing on. Um, and they've made it like a religious thing. Yeah. And they've made it a personal rights thing. And, and I get those right. arguments, totally. Um, but then Do they... You? I mean, I mean, no, not really. But uh, okay. I mean, I understand the words that are coming out of their mouth. I just don't think yeah. they. Yeah. But the thing that they that like people have then began lying about me in particular. I'm sure it's other people, too. And then the lying has started to spread. And I know their lies. So one day I'm painting my chalkboard wall upstairs, get my wife ready for homeschooling. Yeah. And I'm painting and I'm just like, I'm, I was so angry. Right. And I'm like, I'm working 10-hour days for this parish. I'm doing all this stuff. Thankless task. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. And then G- and then I'm just like, and they're li- like, I know they're lies. That's what makes me mad. And Jesus is like, okay. Right? It's what I right. said after the eighth beatitude. Rejoice right. and be glad when men utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Not yeah. when people are telling the truth about you because of me. When they're right. uttering every kind of falsehood, like that's the thing that really sings. If people were going around being like, "Oh, that Gomer, he never knows how to say no to chocolate," like I would agree with that statement. I don't know how to right. say no. I get it. Right? I get it. But yeah. the, it's the lies, and you know they're lies. So then I'm talking with this young woman, and uh, it, it, at work, and people are are a, a couple random people are, are are making her feel awful. This is me being as diplomatic as possible. Okay. And okay. she just said, "What do I do with this?" And I said, "You hang on the cross." Right. And like that's what that's what it means to do the Lord's work. Like this is the refining fire. Like this is it. It's not a, like you use their hate to become better, to let yep. let their let their sin become a cause for you to be humble. She's right. like, "Well, that's working." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay. <laughs> but you got to be humble without begrudging, right? Without the bitterness." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I think about um it's it's almost otherworldly to think like that. Because, like, I think about the story of St. John Vianney, right, where they circulate the uh, petition to get him removed from the priesthood. You know the story? No, not at all. Oh, this is a cool story. The, so the other priest, the other priests really had a big problem with St. John Vianney, right? They have a big problem. And they circulate this petition to get him out of the priesthood, and he signs it himself. Because <laughs> uh, the petition says that he's not worthy to be in the priesthood, you know? And that, I mean, I... I honestly, when I read that, I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't sleep for days. Like, yeah. if someone did that to me, I would not sleep for days. And that, that was a big problem for me at my last parish. Um, there was there was an, an adversary in particular at the parish who would regularly kind of cause trouble for me, and, and in very organized and strategic ways, like yeah, I don't get gathering that. people together. And I I I would lose sleep over it. Yeah. I mean, it was terrible. You know, it was terrible. So I I get what you're saying, but you're right. It's like that. This is you know. It's a sanctification. Yeah, it's a sanctification. So did you, did you would you honestly assess that it be, made you holier, or did you just make you bitter? Um, well, I think if it happened to me now, it would make me holier. <laughs> then, then it, it did not. No, it it made me adversarial. Did you talk to them? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I absolutely did. In fact, I would. <laughs> I I realized actually for a while that um. And this is a terrible phrase to say, so uh, please understand where it's coming from. It's very rare that the truth is spoken in the church. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean is not like 
proclaiming the truth of the gospel. That that thankfully is still proclaimed. But just one-on-one, person-to-person, it's just very rare. Uh, we've adopted niceness as the prime virtue. And so when I would just be bluntly honest with people, I would just see their mouths like drop open, you know? And so with this lady, I would very commonly go and say, uh, this is this is exactly what I heard. Can you tell me what's wrong? You know, can you, you know, and we would just, I would just push her on it, you know, because I, I would get tired of it, you know, of that happening. But did you know that the word nice was originally an insult? No, I didn't. That's yeah. Awesome. It comes from the Latin non shio, which means I don't know, which is the equivalent of calling someone an idiot. So you're wow. like, wow, he's a real non shio. He's a really, he's a really nice, nice guy. Oh, it's interesting. The same one, uh, like fellow calling someone a fellow. It's the same no. root word as felon. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. When you learn Latin, you can't unsee the truth, Dave. <laughs> you can't unsee it. Yeah, you know Go that, that. So what is the... Yeah. Can I just ask you, what's the end game for your position right now? Like, are, will will you have... I mean, is there any light at the end of the tunnel for you? Uh, You're working a lot. A lot. I am. I am, I am, I am. And I am in weird ways because a lot of what I'm doing right now is is preparation that you can't walk in my office and say oh like show me the deliverables the deliverables are coming in a week or two weeks i am trying to so essentially what i'm trying to do right now is overhaul a marriage preparation program cool and simultaneously rejuvenate youth ministry and my goal in rejuvenating youth ministry in this time of pandemic we had this priest from Long Island that would start off almost every sermon that way. In this time of pandemic, we get it. We get it. Um, but uh, the the core thing that I'm trying to do in youth ministry is give it a sense of itself again because we do confirmation our sophomore year. And so it like you have to have, as per the, the archdiocese, you have to have a year prereq. So then you have ninth grade is like year one and 10th grade is like year two for the most part. Call it year one, year two, because you might have a junior who's now going through confirmation or whatever. So basically what our youth group is, is 315 sophomores in confirmation, 350 freshmen completing their prereq year, and then 100 juniors and seniors. Right. So that that drop off. Right. And the drop off always happens. You slap confirmation in eighth grade, sixth grade, third grade, whatever. But the idea of it is um, that there, there's there's a way that the youth ministry program thrives in certain areas, especially around the sacraments, and then where it dives in certain areas, namely where it's no longer mandatory. Right. But the kids that come to our household upper class stuff are some of the best, like are the super yeah formed. they're super committed and, yeah right. And so one of the most common complaints I always heard in youth group was. I hate my small group, not because of my core member, but because the other kids don't care and I care and I can't care with them here. And so there was always this weird dynamic. So kind of this deal of in the age of pandemic, what I'm trying to do is six lessons to be the preambles of faith. Like, how is it possible that you can believe? Cool. And so the first four are on God's existence, faith and reason, religion and science and meaning in life. Yeah. So every title of every class is going to be the title of a book that they can then go and read. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's my that's my kind of like idea behind it. And then the next two are one on Jesus and one on scripture. Gomer, do you know what I wish? That we were best I friends. Wish, I wish that I wish that 
That you were in household. We had no stop. <laughs> that I was your co-host oh. for your other podcast. Go on. <laughs> Never. Dang it. Um, Dang it. No. What I wish is that we could. St- I would like to start a think tank, a discipleship think tank. Yeah. I wish we had donors to do that. I wish you and I could do that. So what you're saying on every knee shall bow is you want to start an every knee shall bow think tank. I kind of do. Well, no, I, I, the think tank would be more, a little bit more academic, I think. Okay. Than what we, cause we go very practical here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's room for, uh, like s- the theology of discipleship. Yeah. And I think that here's the problem though. I need, I don't want to fundraise and you don't either. <laughs> I have you know? never and will never fundraise. No. So really what I wish is that like, if something would just ha- like fall out of our, out of the sky for us. Okay. You know I mean? Okay. I'll talk to a guy. No, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone. I don't. Neither do I. So we need. So so, what would this look like? This is this is Uncle Uncle Dave and Gomer's uh, rambling podcast. What would it look? What do you like? mean? What do you mean? It would be two two. Look, I would be the director. Go on. You'd be a fellow. You'd be a fellow. Could I be a fellow? Okay. <laughs> One other staff member to do like fundraising and stuff like that, and then a budget to bring on like other fellows. Why are you writing this down? This is not going to happen. And then, and then, uh, a what to bring on other fellows? Who's bringing on a these? budget to bring on other fellows, like other people who specifically like their expertise is in discipleship. Ugh, I don't like competition. <laughs> <laughs> so we would have a director. Well, stop writing this down. This is not going to happen. No, I, I want you. I want you to come up with a title for director. Director. Yeah, it has to be uh, more than director. You have to have like a hipster, uh, postmodern title. I don't even know what that means. Like, like, like at uh, the flock note, they got like happiness like chief vision, chief yeah, vision. Yeah. So, yeah. Like no, flock note has like have a happiness engineer. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that one. So director happiness of happiness, <laughs> director of no. happiness. Okay. No, but honestly, I think that can I wait, can I uh, challenge you real quick? Yeah. Challenge. So me. you get director. Yeah. And I'm just a fellow of which yeah, we're going mean, to have many more fellows. Can I get no, associate director? No, uh, I don't think so. I need to hire an associate yeah, director. That's a good point. That's I'm going to need point. to shape that person. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm fellow, shapes. I'm round. Listen, <laughs> no, listen, listen. A fellow, you would focus on the the work, on the on the research and the writing. Go on. Uh, yeah. Well, so I'm just saying that's that's what you're. But isn't that what you I would have a do? double focus? Yeah. Isn't that what you want to do? Yeah, I do. But who's gonna who is gonna pay me to research and write? No, uh, Scott on. Unless unless I'm my own director. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I get it. I get it now. It's all making yeah. sense. And then we yeah. need an admin. We're gonna person. lose we're gonna lose listeners from this episode. No, no, no. We need an administrator. Who's gonna do yeah. we need an administrative professional assistant? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Because you and I are we just don't have time to answer email. Well that and also like I can't I couldn't organize mailings and stuff like that. No. See, I know the fundraising side. That's what you're not thinking about. Yeah, that's I used to do fundraising. And there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into that. Can I have some title, Dave? Something cool. Yeah, I'll give you a title. Yeah. I'll think of one. Like Chancellor or something. Like that. What about Provost? Oh, sold. Sold. There's some Latin for you. <laughs> nice uh felon and provost. All have the same origin. Um, no, yeah. this would be so awesome. But okay, going back, going back. The reason why we really want to do an institute is so that we can be comfortable. <laughs> we don't like no, who wants no. to disciple. When you can talk about discipleship, no, that's not every it. knee. I that's think, not I, it. I have no. a name. Yeah, I have a name for your discipleship. Your thing. It's called every knee shall bow in theory. 
Because <laughs> that's what the American Catholic Academy does. No, that's not it. That is not it. Look, it, this is the way. This is the problem: mm. is that you have, like, in the church, you have theology, and that's looked at with like great reverence and respect. And then you have discipleship, and they're like, "Oh, that's like kitty theology." Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah, and I think that you you need to bring those two together. So stop making fun of my idea. Okay, okay. Well, I'll tell you, it does sound kitty because it sounds evangelical Protestant. Right, like yeah, I, oh, that's like oh, that's discipleship. That's cute. Now formation, right. oh oh, you're you're a postulate, you're a novice, right? Eh, that's really where yeah. the process. I mean, if you study the catech- catechal writings of the church fathers, uh, Pope John Paul II says that uh, all the things that went into discipleship was very quickly called catechesis, right? In the in the time of the church, catechesis okay. kind of opens that okay. way. And so you think about discipleship is catechesis. Right, because they've right. already surrendered, they've already given okay. their lives to Christ. Okay. So now you're okay. maturing them. That's the idea. But the problem is, and this is something that I came across just um, the other day, watching a hilarious channel called Dude Dad on YouTube. Here is my profitable uh, thing about this guy. It's a comedy show, but the guy said uh, he was talking about how to discipline his toddler, and he was like, "My toddler was driving me nuts, so I went and bought a bunch of books." And he goes, "You know what I realized? Discipline does not mean punishment. It yeah. means teaching." And it's funny, like, I know that, you know that, but it's funny, like, in the context of being a parent, it's teaching your kids, not punishing your kids. Right. Oh, he's very strong on discipline. Oh, so he's a good teacher? And then, literally, I'm watching this funny, this, not, actually, that wasn't funny, but I'm watching this video with my kids, and I'm, I am off to the races, and I'm like, I need to teach my adult parishioners the habits and disciplines, disciplines, plural, of being a disciple. Like, that's the way you look at it. Oh, I agree. And I've heard it and seen that a million times, but that's the way you look at it. Like, what is the discipline of prayer? What is the discipline? And then yep. all the Jocko Willink, all the all the personal training things about, you got to have discipline, bro. Discipline equals freedom. All of that connects into the person of Christ. Why am sure. I saying no to this ice cream? St. Paul talks about uh, an so athlete. I say yes to something. Yeah, so I can say yes to something else. But the athlete, right? He drives his body. He trains all the time to win a perishable wreath. But we strive to win an unperishable crown. And it's really funny because when you talk about catechesis, it's almost always reduced to textbooks in America. And so what we want to do is we want to broaden that and talk about true catechesis which is discipleship wouldn't it be nice to have a bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it a bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, 2nd Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, 
or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. All right, so as we wrap up our show, you know, our 30 minutes of rambling, uh, yeah. we talked about you know, updates for, for Amber. We talked about Ruby Bridges by Norman Rockwell, Jean Vianney. I love that idea that he signed the petition. How funny is yeah. that? Yeah, um, awesome. Uh, I want to talk about the lastly, I wanted you to finish. What are some of your disciplines in dealing with suffering, right? These, the, the, I think the hardest part about the suffering that you are going through watching your wife, uh, an element of powerlessness, right? Yeah. Um, but also it's this waiting, right? This in the meantime right. experience. What are you doing to keep yourself yeah, close so, to God? So, uh, so uh, let me tell you a quote that has really been affecting me um, by Corey Ten Boom. Okay. So, um, it, and I I'll, actually, I'm not quoting it because I don't have it in front of me and I will, I'll butcher it. But basically it's this. Uh, the tree that's on the side of the mountain can do very little about the storms other than put its roots deep, right? And I and that to me is incredible wisdom. That sometimes you you just got to embrace the cross and put your roots deep. Embrace in the, in a sense in my life, embrace the chaos and put your roots deep. And I think that um, that quote and then wisdom from Jacques Philippe. Right, Father Jacques Philippe, um, the idea that uh, there is incredible grace, incredible grace in not asking why, mm. in just saying to God, like, I have faith that you, there is a reason, but I don't need to know that reason. Um, and and that has really served to heal my heart and keep my heart, you know, pumping during all this um, because... I mean, the the you can't imagine just the little struggles of every day, of things that people say, of appointments that you know lost, of of just uh, in, in, you wouldn't believe like how incredibly sometimes rude people will be just at the pharmacy or something like that. Little things that you're just like, wow, I understand, Lord, these big things, but why why do you allow that to happen? You know. Those, that can really get you down, and so there's this idea that there's grace in, in not asking why, you know, and in just saying like, how can I love the most in this moment? I'd say those two things, you know, putting my roots deep, right, or trying to become more of a man of prayer, and uh, and then not asking why. Those things are incredible, and then I, you know, go crazy on a punching bag and squatting and deadlifting, and that keeps me sane as well just the natural level but <laughs> you gotta so. you gotta burn off that cortisol somehow right right yeah yeah absolutely yeah. all right man well thank you everyone for listening to every knee shall bow uh dave is like you said down in dallas with his beautiful bride he'll be heading up she'll be staying there for another what five weeks after you leave and uh so we threw this episode together last minute we are looking forward to doing a three or four part series on priesthood evangelization and discipleship yeah. uh, i have a book called priesthood and discipleship that i have been itching to read um that i think will be a good guidepost for us um but we're going to touch on awesome. things like homilies and you know conversations and other things that priests need to be in the know about that i've seen in my own this is like personal stuff that i've seen and priests witnessing both bad and good um on, on the path to evangelization awesome yeah all right man 
Uh, I'll see y'all later. God bless everyone. God bless.